BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Yeah, this one's for Mark. He can appreciate it. It's called Opiated. Lord, how I wish I was. About two-fifths of lead-free gasoline. Said the bottle is dusty, but my engine is clean. He bought a nice blue suit with the money he could find. If his bride didn't like a St. Peter, wouldn't mind. Hey, hey. 
JD's and you're in Toronto proper, JD? Or? I'm in Toronto, yeah. Cool. I'm in Spain. I'm in Malaga, Spain. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I'm in I'm in Portland, Oregon proper. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. I'm, I'm from in, Edmonton. Um, you're from, are you, you from there or you're in there? Like Yeah, yeah, I'm in Edmonton well, currently, yeah. I just got back from Dallas this week and um I tell you what, Edmontonians are not uh built for 110 degrees. Mm. <laughs> I think I underdeveloped sweat glands from uh from northern Canada, so I didn't do so well. But anyways. Oh boy. Compared to Texas, <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> do, it, do you like to, have you do you like Texas though? I mean, is it definitely a shift? It's it's Alberta South. Um <laughs> yeah. It's very similar, um, but I, I, it's all right. I mean, it's um, from what I hear, Austin's more my town, although I haven't been there. Um, but I, I um, yeah, I've been on the outskirts. I like it. I mean, there's yeah. Dallas is beautiful. Houston's beautiful. Um, I've always had a good time there. So, yeah. and you grew up on a on a. I, I'm Allison sent us a bunch of stuff, and like, yeah. um, do you grew up on a farm? No, I didn't. So my family, I come from a family that uh, farms, but uh, it gets confused a lot because my dad's a cattle buyer. And okay. Yeah, my, my immediate family was all in the cattle industry, right? So uh, my brother was in it, my mother was in it, my dad, obviously. And then uh, in my younger days before I started uh, doing these scribbles, um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I was also... You know, I used to go sort cattle with my dad and stuff. So sometimes it gets a little bit lost in translation. But no, no. parents are small town people. But I live in Edmonton, and um, but we have that rural connection, I guess you could say. Are they out? Are they out the game now? Because you said were. Oh yeah, my, my my parents are retired. So yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so. So that's tough work, dude. Cattle is. Like... Yeah, it is a. Uh, it is like uh, I've been beat up a time or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sure. So when you I have a quick question on that. When you started to pursue art, were you um were was that uh you know different for your people from your family? Were you kind of like what Yeah. Oh, you know, did they yeah, did they look at you like what the heck is he doing? Well, it, it it was um just because I was like I stayed in the city and most of my family's rural. Um so I was um maybe a little bit of an outcast like I um, but my initial connection wasn't such a stretch because what I really started doing with art was I started airbrushing when I was about 18, 19 years old. So I was doing, um, like tailgates and, and bikes and helmets and goal masks and stuff like that. And my family are all car people. So okay. oh, it, wasn't, shit, yeah. it wasn't a huge transition at first, but then after I left that and kind of ended up in this, uh, for lack of a better term, more of a highbrow area space of art. Um, yeah, it's a little bit different. I mean, I've got some yeah. funny stories about my mother coming to art shows. It's a, it's, a, it's a fish That's out fair. of scenario. We'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure. And yeah. the people you go ahead, GD. Sorry, you're... I was going to say we'll we'll just keep rolling here from where we're at. We'll just keep this very conversational. But I do want to introduce our guest. We're talking to Trevor Stickman Stickle. We're really thrilled to have you join us today to talk about your art and musical influences and how those two uh, interconnect and 
you know, uh, your your upcoming tour and you know all that good stuff. So let's just keep this wagon wheel rolling. We're 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 doing fine, but I wanted to make sure that our listeners knew who the hell we were talking to. Yeah, right, right, right. The, oh, by the way, the, 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 the fourth guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, you know, when I see anything come across with the tragically hip, you know, I was uh, it, it definitely piques my interest. So uh, I, I fired that to. Uh, Allison immediately, and uh, so it's yeah, it was it was a, a a layup for me to join you guys. So uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, having me for sure. I like like my people that get my inside jokes that I speak half the time in uh, Gord references. They you would understand. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you? Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just I have so many questions, dude. I mean, we'll probably not get through them all, but like. In terms of like, like where did okay? So you started with the airbrushing, yeah, and then I don't know because I was in the art world for a little bit too, but photography and it's a weird, yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's it a yeah, you know, yeah. So from from the airbrushing thing, I got a little bit lucky. I went from, um, you know, I always, uh, I I always kind of. Uh, compare everything to the music industry a little bit. So I was doing that. And then uh, I caught the attention of Michael Goddard, who is like a, a huge world famous artist. So I went from that to immediately kind of being under his wing for about 10 years. So I kind of went from like obscurity to starting for Led Zeppelin. Like it was, yeah, you know, it, it, it was, you know, beneficial kind of um, being under his kind of like tutelage mentorship, um, him and his business partner. So that kind of was the, the transition. So I had some guidance there. It wasn't one that I had to do on my own. Figuring out the market is very difficult. Um, since then in November, I went off on my own. Um, you know, it just gives me a little bit more creative freedom and some flexibility to do some shows and some stuff that I hadn't done previously, like this tour that we're talking about, um, that we're about to embark on. Right, the tour. So let's uh, not bury that lead. Uh, starts in Toronto, kicks off in Toronto on September 23rd at the List Gallery. Uh, following dates are Tampa Galleries on November 17th, Edmonton November 25th, with LA, Denver, Austin, and New York City to be announced. Pretty fucking cool. So I would say since November, it's been even more like drinking water from a fire hydrant than even before. <laughs> uh, tr tr trying to, Shit. and it's and it's ever going right. It's it's uh, you know every day you you learn something. And so, but I yeah, you know, I've surrounded myself. I, I I've always taken advice very well from like very successful people. And uh, one of the things I heard on early in my life was you know surround yourself with people smarter than you. Totally. And that's easy to do because I got the bar pretty low, but uh, so I, I just brought <laughs> I brought in some people that in the art industry to to help and kind of like spearhead that and let me focus on the art and uh, so it's been good. It's been really good. That's cool, yeah. And with art too, it's like you can you just I don't know. I mean, like I said, I didn't I didn't spend a ton of time in that industry, but I was in it for long enough to where it's like there's so many different uh types of uh people you kind of just learn what you can from this person learn from that like no one's ever your 
Obi-Wan, dude, because everybody's got their own um, uh, motivations and things like that. You just kind of yeah. learn the best from each person, you know? Yeah, there's no real true thing, no real true sense of originality. What originality really is, is just taking bits and pieces from all your favorites. And that becomes your originality. Like, uh, you know, there's a saying that uh, uh, good artists borrow and great artists steal. And it's, it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but um, there is so much other artists in my art. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Banksy. I'm a huge fan of Shepard Fairey. Uh, uh, you can see that in my art a lot. Um, Sebastian Kruger, early on, I did a lot more par uh, portraits. I still do it uh, to an extent. Um, you know, you can, Stephen Holland, I mean, you can see these guys in my art. However, I like to think anyways that my art's still quite unique. I mean, it's very, totally. it comes from a different place. And in a, in a space of rock and roll art, there's a lot of rock and roll artists that just basically say, I'm going to paint another picture of Jimi Hendrix. Um, I try to approach a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I still do some of the portrait stuff because, well, I need to eat. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's been like a, 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 a great revenue generator for me. But lately I've been kind of painting the seed rather than the flower, so to speak. And uh, that's been really fun because I get to be really creative with that. And you can see that in my the new shit series. Um, it's still rock and roll based, everything, but you'll see stuff in there like, how is that tied to rock and roll? And then when you read the inspiration, it really kind of ties it together of, of, of how that came. So, well, you mentioned uh, the the borrowing and stealing. Um, so your quote, and I know this because Allison sent it. The the pursuit of creating the visual equivalent of the riff in Ted Nugent's Stranglehold. And if you know, if you know, and this is not an opinion, this is quite, in my opinion, uh, well-versed in the yeah. in the rock and roll world, Ted Nugent's riff in Stranglehold is actually a knockoff of ZZ Top's riff in LaGrange. I didn't even know that. Listen but I love both those songs. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, both are amazing songs, but yeah. if you listen to LaGrange... And you listen to Ted Nugent, they just, it's the same. Oh, and, cool. and this is the universe speaking to me. I always say in art that um, I always get little nuggets um, when, I'm, when I'm on the right path. And strangely enough, this week, I have been doing a bunch of referencing on another ZZ Top piece. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, this is, it's the weirdest thing. Like when I start thinking, I'm like, the, the wheels start turning on concepts. That happens a ton when I start conceptualizing a piece or I start the, the, the groundwork, all of a sudden, it just starts popping up everywhere, you know. And, uh, you know, I just I just landed the licensing to a very, very famous photo of Jimi Hendrix that I'm going to embark on. And uh, that one started to lead me towards ZZ Top um, for a few different reasons. So it's it's this trickle-down thing. So, um, yeah, it's weird that you brought cool. up ZZ Top. But, yeah, going back to the stranglehold thing, um, this is this constant pursuit that I don't know if I'll ever get to, but... When I hear Stranglehold, it is like this visceral, gritty, dirty, and I mean dirty in the most, you know, in rock and roll, the word dirty is, is very complimentary. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like after I listen to Stranglehold, I need a Q-tip, right? It's uh, just dirty and gritty. And that is my pursuit, right? Visceral. I don't know if I've ever gotten there, but that's that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, if you never get there, then it's a good thing. Never happy, right? You know, I used to be, uh, I was always worried because you see artists sometimes that are so in love with their work and I never was. 
Um, when I'm finished the piece, I am finished with the piece. Oh, and um, and I felt really odd about that. I was like, I, I really don't enjoy it much after. And then I saw an interview with Mick Jagger, and you know, he feels the same way about almost every Stone song. So I was like, well, can't be that bad of a thing then. Yeah, right. right. If it's what the Stones live with, I can live with it too. I should. <laughs> You know, it's interesting to hear about even actors who say, you know, I, I, I don't watch the films I'm in or I, I can't go back and see it, you know, just to keep moving forward. And yeah. sometimes I think, uh, you know, it might be fun to sit down with your kids and review your work and show them where you're from or close friends or whatever. But it's it's also just really interesting to kind of close the door and keep moving forward, you know, keep yeah. keep evolving. So tell us tell us about, you know. Uh, your kind of history with the hip, since this is also all things hip with this podcast, and um, yeah, and kind of your your journey to get you know through your work and etc. Well, um, well, I'm I'm a 49 year old guy from Canada, so you know that <laughs> <laughs> played hockey. Similar I'm a, demographics over yeah, here. I'm, I'm a <laughs> just, Canadian, just not Canada. You know, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, the, the hip were our, they were our Beatles, they were our Rolling Stones, they were everything all in one. So uh, they were undeniable. Um, but more personally, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s and um, fell in love with the Motley Crue and the GNRs and stuff like that. And then, you know, towards late 80s, I started like working with my dad and stuff. That early 90s country influence kind of came in and I, I kind of got away from music a little bit. And it was actually the hip that kind of just like put the cane around my neck and drove me back like into the scene. Right. And, you know, I went to my first, I went to my first roadside attraction and it was, it was over. Like it was, there was no turning. That back. was JD's, that was JD's yeah. introduction too. Yeah. yeah, to be yeah a lot of roadside, you know, um, and, and there was no turning back and, uh, you know, I hate to age myself, but, um, you know, that was back in a time where we used to line up for, hip tickets or I mean spend the night and if you remember I don't remember you guys are hip guys but they used to do the midnight releases yeah. and we've talked dude we've talked about that on the podcast yeah I mean it was amazing it was this culture right we used to go and you'd have to sleep outside of like bass outlets to get tickets to you know uh, a, a hip concert or the midnight releases um and they were so smart uh, you know and I, I I don't have any data behind this but they almost seemed to release a lot when I was young in the spring and in the spring right around, you know, you kind of get that feeling in the spring, like summer's coming and the hit for me has always been kind of an outdoors band. So you would always like, they would drop a new album right before May long weekend. And then you would have it all laying May long weekend. I remember they did that with uh, trouble at the hen house. Um, so yeah, that was the, those years where I was just like camping and going to festivals and, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's the hip. And then, you know, I got really granular with them. You know, I mean, I, I made a trip to New Orleans, New Orleans. Don't, don't let them hear this say that. Nor, uh, I'll, I'll get crucified. Just to go and see Dan <laughs> Yeah, just to go see the Kingsway Studios, Daniel Lamont's studio. Like I, you I, did? I, you know, oh, yeah, I did. What was yeah. that like? Well, it, um, it, gets, it gets sticky down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know they had a they had a pool table in there in the in the studio and it gets wow. humid in new orleans so um you get so sticky down there they had to butter their cue fingers so right. that was my that was my impression i was like oh my god it's hot and humid 
And I knew that there was a pool table in the studio. And I was just like, oh, my God, you could just see the lyrics. Um, so it was cool. And then, yeah, I've actually done it twice. That's very cool. I just made a trip to Kingston for my first time, specifically went down to the pier. Um, yeah, I do pilgrimages. Like when I drive to Vancouver, I'll stop at the Days Inn, which was uh, uh, the actual luxury where uh, the, the hotel in the luxury, right? So that, we're going to Kingston when we uh, end of this month. Yes, JD? End of this month. Yeah, a couple, couple weeks. We're so stoked, man. We're so do, do you have I gotta ask just because well yeah. do you I mean and do you know the I mean and it's to, it's okay it's not a test like because you're a busy <laughs> guy you got a tour coming up but do you know the the kind of the backdrop be, behind the podcast and what it is that Tim and I had no idea who the hip were and yeah, Katie takes like us on this <laughs> yeah it was I, I did a little bit so it was basically just like introducing you to the hip and kind of like um which is kind of weird because I got a lot of U.S. friends and I feel like I do that to them all the time. <laughs> we've had the, Trevor, we've had this conversation too. Yeah. Like, and, and what's really weird is um, there's certain pockets where people know them. Um, like most of the people I know know of them, but just don't really know them. Right. You know? Um, but it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. They're ours. But we, we, <laughs> no, you know what? I reject. I reject that. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tim. I reject Don't that. Scare them, but they're ours. <laughs> but there's, you know, like people in Spain, like like it's there. Obviously, there's not a lot of people, but like I have friends of mine now listening, and like I think the best if you're gonna introduce the hip, unless you have somebody like JD who puts a gun to your head over <laughs> nine month period and tells you, you have to listen to every single record week over week and then review it. Otherwise. What I did with my friends was I just put the song on, like, in the car. Like, I wouldn't say, hey, listen to this band. They're this cool band from Canada. You got to check them out. They're really cool. The singer this, the guitar. Like, I just put on, like, I put on... Um, Springtime in Vienna. It works any time of the year, I find. Don't you...
song Lagrange I had no idea what that song was about oh really yeah yeah, about you know basically a a whorehouse (laughs) in the middle of Texas and uh and like I'm just like this five or six year old kid jamming out to the song with no idea that it's about a place for prostitution in Texas and my dad's like (laughs) must have been laughing on like multiple levels that I was well that was the beauty about music back in the day like even um you, you know, I do love the freedom of expression we have now, but it led to real creativity when you couldn't be so overt, right? Like, it's true. Mr. Tambourine Man was about a drug dealer, but you couldn't say that. So it led to like really, really creative songs. Um, so, yeah. That, oh, Dr. Feelgood, Personal Jesus. Like pick, all of pick it, your right? Poison. Um, n- now they get a little bit too on your nose, in my opinion, but whatever. That's a good point, man. I never thought about that. That's yeah. super. Because there's something to be said for you know if they're gonna shove it in your face, right? Then what's cool about it, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trevor, talk to me a little bit more about like in your bio, it, it talks about you having an epiphany while reading that Stones book. You know, you were yeah. doing you were doing one thing, so you were doing, you know, portraits, and you had you know you had evolved there, and then you're reading this book and. It, it, it hits you like what what does that look like yeah so i like i was doing the um the airbrushing thing and the owner of the uh of the body shop i used to take and they uh i was kind of working in conjunction with right uh he's like have you ever done any of this stuff on canvas and i was like no not really never thought of that world like i didn't i definitely came from a family that was not uh in the same sphere as the art world <laughs> so when he's like you ever thought about doing this on canvas i was like not really and then I was actually reading the book, According to Rolling Stones, and I just came across this picture of uh, Mick in the studio. And I was like, oh, I think I'll try it. And that was the first piece I ever did. Um, and I did it on canvas, and I like really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed creative freedom. Because when you're painting someone's $30,000 Harley, they're pretty prescriptive, right? Nobody gives you a $30,000 Harley and says, rest yourself. 
right? <laughs> so, you know, you're kind of, you're just transferring over their ideas. So this is the first time where I get to be, and I'm a very expressive person, so I was able to express myself and, and I think that's what was missing. Like when I was doing all this stuff, I always felt like something was missing when I was airbrushing. And this was the time I could do anything I wanted and um, I enjoyed it. So I did about 13 of them and I did my first show, like art show. And I like, pretty much sold out and I, I never went back. So that was, and that, that painting uh, ironically was, uh, you know, please allow me to introduce myself. So That's great. That's so great yeah, that that was the title cool. of, of the painting that, that, Opens oh, I have it tattooed from one album to the other now. So really, you can't forget that first piece. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's you... kind of fell into it, and you know, um, the music was always going to be the muse, right? That was always kind of the driving force. So, yeah. Um... Yeah. Do you think there's an element of, and I, I I say this because I think this is part of the hip's success, and you guys, you two. You two jokers can disagree with me all you want, but <laughs> I, I think, you know, with your first piece we were talking about, or your first few pieces, um, there's an element of confidence that comes with it because like you're expressing yourself, okay, you've got this $30,000 Harley or whatever. And yeah, you're taking direction from what this person wants, you know, but you're also like putting your ass into it and you're like, I just fucking did that. I just did that. And there's an element of confidence where like you kind of transfer that confidence over to the person and they're like, yeah, yeah, it is cool. Because sometimes people, when they see art, they don't know what to think. Art's also a very, um, uh, what's the word? Objective. In English, I can't remember. What? Subjective. It's subjective, but it's it, it can be contagious to certain people. Okay. Like, you know, you're standing next to a painting that you're like, don't know what to think. But then two people next to you are like, that's fucking amazing. You're like, yeah, it, yeah, it fucking, yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> but like, but yeah. I, the reason why I say that is because I feel like a big part of the hips um, draw was because Gord had so much confidence. Like half the shit that came out of that guy's mouth, you're just like, what? Dude what walked did it with arenas and stadiums in a time where people were feathers and feather boas and things <laughs> I'm out there looking like a math teacher like <laughs> own that shit yeah man and uh you know went off on his tangents and you know his prop was like i'm just gonna shake a banana at you for 20 minutes you know it was it was odd um strange in the most beautiful way um and intriguing like when you say that you played music for your friends that's the first level of love of the hip seeing them is transcendental like it it, it uh it, it's a whole nother thing you know i remember the first time i actually saw gord and he spent like three minutes walking in a square or whatever and you know there, there's something about a grown man arguing with his microphone stand that is just like i've never seen that <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Um, so cool, man. So different. So cool. Um, for us, it's so Canadiana. However, someone has once said they did a uh, they ran through um, regions mentioned in Gord lyrics. And he and I don't know if it's true, so don't hold me to it, that he actually mentions more American cities than Canadian cities throughout the catalog. Wow. I don't know if it's true. It that's what me. I, heard. I don't have the time to go through and fact check. Uh, 
But then with now when I listen to it, I start picking all these regions that he mentions because he does it a lot, right? Yeah. And you're yeah. Like, Thompson girl. Um, you know, you, you start thinking of stuff and then you're like, well, he's also got New Orleans is sinking, can't be Nashville every night, polar bear from Central Park. You're like, oh, you know, there's a lot of American ones as well, right? So yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, Tim's pointed it out, you know, because Tim Tim's Tim notices that stuff a lot more than I do, but I, I think, yeah, the board was certainly a critic and Lord knows there's plenty to be critical about when it comes to the United States of America. Right, Tim? Sure. Plenty. <laughs> Plenty. Plenty. Uh, Live and breathe right I now. I see that about every country nowadays. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, you you, you tongue-in-cheek said, like, it's rough, like, in Spain. Because everybody thinks, you know, I've been living in the south of Spain, the Costa del Sol. It's, you know, yeah, it's it's. I'm just eating tapas, drinking wine, and sitting on the beach all day. Which I did a lot of yesterday. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you got to pay your bills. You got to work. I get it. And the government here is just as. I get it. It's just as crappy as any other government, man. Let me tell you. There is a distinct difference between cities that people vacation to and vacation from. And okay. I live in a city that they vacation from. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, big difference. No, I hear that. I hear that. I love Edmonton. I, I don't. I don't bash Edmonton. I love Edmonton, but I don't think it's on your or Tim's vacation list anytime soon, is it? Tim, not, not really on my bucket list. Maybe, uh, you know, no. <laughs> have you been? Have you been to Spain, Trevor? Have you ever been to Spain? No, I've been to South of France, um, okay. South of France, and Italy. So I've been uh, like around that. The, uh, the Mediterranean, but not to Spain. But, um, I, I'd like to go for the architecture. I, I would. Uh, I'd like to go uh, and see some. Uh... Oh, sorry. I lost you guys. There, we see you. Oh, did we lose no. Trevor? You're kind of paused, though. Oh, Can you hear us? Go. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, I got no. you back. I know this is going to sound, uh, this is going to sound really whatever, because it's so famous and it's kind of like, really? But yeah, like when you, when you go, you go to the Reina Sofia and when you see Picasso's Guernica, how big it is and how massive it is, it's, dude, it's fucking jaw dropping. It's, it's like seeing, you know, when people see the, either with the Colosseum or the, you know, the Sagrada Familia or something that's just. It, yeah. it, you you go in there and you're just like, wow, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's that. I, yeah. Yeah. I'd also like to see some of the Gothic. Um, um, which the churches it? and things churches like that. Line, the yeah, God, there's I don't know if I'm messing that name up, but. Um, yeah, no, you got it. Yeah. yeah I, I'd like to see that stuff. Right. There's a. So. I'm not, the South, I, there's. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I would say, like, I'm not a huge guy that goes to, like, a bunch of churches and stuff like that. Um, no, no, no. Well, you'll find them. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you, there's, yeah, show me an old church and, and you know, there's more. You can throw a quarter and hit 10 old. My mom, my mom, when she visited, she wanted to, she's like, oh, that church is, like, oh, let's go to that church. It's so amazing. I'm like, mom, that's just a church here. They're yeah. all old. <laughs> they all they're, you see no one old churches. church in Europe, you've seen them all. But you know, but my vacations are entirely different because we'll bypass we'll bypass um a super famous, you know, 
we'll bypass um, Big Ben in the UK. Yeah. Go to the 100 Club and I'll say, you know, because that's where the Sex Pistols started. You know, I'll take you to like a, you know, like a dirty rundown bar. And I was like, well, Zeppelin played here in 67. Yes. Like, we'll walk right by, you know, we walk like right by Notre Dame in Paris to get to Jim Morrison's grave or the, you know, you know. We'd the, be good vacation buds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I go on these pilgrimages and, uh, <laughs> As a matter of fact, JD, I you know I I go to the Horseshoe all the time just for the checkerboard floors. I was just there Wednesday, he was there Thursday night, two nights ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I have a show in Toronto coming up, and you can guarantee the night before I'll be popping into the Horseshoe for a beer. Cool. Well, I would love to know what the inspiration was and the execution behind "Hey Man, Thanks." the piece that you've donated to our silent auction for getting hip to the hip an evening for the Danny Wenjack fund, by the way, thank you for that. Tell us uh, some more about that. Yeah. So I've done, I did a piece a few years back right after, um, right after the final tour. Um, and I, I don't take that lightly. Um, one of the things I really struggle with is when, when to put out a piece when, you know, someone passes, um, so I, I don't take that lightly. I don't want anybody to think that I'm I'm chasing that type of stuff. I'm, it's really not right. what I'm about. Um, you can tell by my stuff that I rock and roll is all I do. And, you know, um, all you have to do is um, you know what the hit meant to me. Um, my dog name is Grace for Grace 2. Oh. And I had a cat named Cordelia. So oh, nice. Yeah, there's 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 no faking it with me when it comes to the hip. So and he used to date a barista named Coffee Girl. Sorry. <laughs> I date a lot of baristas. <laughs> That's great. Um, so we, um, so after that, I did a very fierce pick, uh, um, uh, piece of him because he did that final tour sick, yeah. right? Had to read lyrics. And um, I, I really wanted the, the fierceness of him because and I, it was titled uh, Will and Determination, which is what that tour took. When I went off on my own in November, I, you know, I've been itching to re revisit, um, but I wanted that kind of other side. I wanted um, that, I, I, it's hard to put the words to it, but like that um, kind of hypnotic side to them. Um, a little bit of um, um, it's a good life if you don't weaken feel. Yeah, that that was almost a working title on this as well. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I, I really wanted that kind of feel to it. Um, and I wanted a lot of negative space. I was just finding um, negative space can sometimes be very powerful. Um, I, I mentioned in that piece, it's like the notes between musicians will often talk about the note, the space between and artists look at things the same way. So I wanted a lot of negative space. Um, so I just wanted the other side of Gord on this one. Um, so when I went off on my own and I had to start my own, um, portfolio, so to speak, because I got certain, uh, legal tie-ins with some of the other stuff, um, I, I wanted to do that side. So that's where that one came with. Um, I, I really liked the, the way it framed a canvas and I think it, you know, I was toying with the idea of him shaking a banana as well, or, or, some, <laughs> um, Although I think that that would be lost on a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, 
so I did land on this one. And, you know, it, when I was painting it, like I said, I did have that song in mind. Uh, it's a good life. Um, but at the end, um, it was kind of nod. Hey, man, thanks. Um, which I think a lot of Canadians feel towards the hip in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of where that one came from. It was heavy. It was a heavy piece. I bet. Um, and I was doing that one right. I did that one and a Taylor Hawkins, this, like almost simultaneously. So, wow, um, Jesus. It was celebratory, but sometimes it gets heavy too because yeah, yeah, I'm an emotional dude. And when we <laughs> when we lose rock stars, I take it like other I lost friends. So, um, but yeah, that's where that one came from. So, you know, when we came across um, this whole thing with you guys, um, like I said, it was a, a layup, if not a slam dunk, that this would be a a, a good addition. Well, and, and the, the Canadian tie-in, too, is Taylor Hawkins was the original drummer, if I'm not mistaken, of Alanis. Of Alanis. Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. That's true, right. Yeah. It, it, it is. We, um, we, we uh, if you want to know if someone's Canadian, we'll tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we got that. We got that. Yeah. If, if, if you're ever with a group of people, it's like, you know, it's Saturday Night Live, and you, you just look over, you know he's Canadian. Like, we... <laughs> We tell you. <laughs> oh, Dan Aykroyd's Dan Aykroyd's intro on SNL. SNL, man, it was is one of the coolest things. Like I, I've seen that. So JD had showed me that. Yeah. Uh, right, you know, probably before we, or at some point early on, we we're doing the pod. But now I watch it, and just knowing because I'm a huge, I love Dan Aykroyd. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything from the Ghostbusters and all his movies to his also his. UFO and I'm a big UFO guy. So like I love hearing Dan Aykroyd talk about UFOs, and then just to see the shit-eating grin on his face when he introduces the hip is just like, yeah, it makes it so. It's such a. It's like watching something different. So I was 19 when that came out. We were so jazzed for that. Like we didn't go like at 19. I went out like Saturday nights. Like I still That's right. Saturday nights. But I was home that night. I was like, we were all like, it was, it was a big deal for me and my friends. It was, it was big. Was university was and Saturday night we'd be at the pub, but this night we You're went right. down to the, we went down to the common room and there was a yeah. whole herd of us in this common room watching our band. Yeah. Right. Like, wow. yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah we, we were all on that stage that night. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day, this 
Um, I was um, I was in uh, <clears throat> I was in the UK last year for Canada Day, and I was there for the Stones concert. And and me and Ray, my wife, were walking around uh, London. It was a nice day, and I said to her, I said, you know what? There's a bar in the UK called the the Maple Lounge, and it's all Canadian. It's all wood. It's got hockey sticks up. Uh, they play hockey games. They got hockey jerseys. They sell Labatt and Molson, and you know, it's a Canadian bar. And I said to her, I said, it's Canada Day. I said, we should go in there and listen to the hip. And no joke, we walked in, the hip was playing. And it was just like, <laughs> all these kids. And they play, I bet you they played the hip four times every hour. It was like the hip, the trues, uh, headstones. Like it was all the Canadian bands. And it was a, an absolute blast. But yeah, every time the hip came on, people were singing. You know, it, it was amazing. So, yeah, I went. I went to the UK mean. in October, and I went to the Maple Leaf, and uh, I had a poutine. Like I was just like, you know, 
This is so wrong of me to do when I'm in another country, but I'm, but I'm so I, Canadian. If ever there on Canada Day, it is epic. I like, bet. I bet. It is hip sing-along. It is awesome. Oh, wow. That's fucking yeah. cool. That's cool, <laughs> man. Is there anything you're working on now that you could uh, share with us? Or like, like not visually, but like that you can talk about or anything specifically you're working on? Right yeah. Now? So I just finished... Um, I just finished two signature pieces. So when I do a signature piece, what I'm referring to is the location is uh, becomes part of the concept. So for the New York show, um, I, I, um, I, I got some licensing on uh, a, a Lennon piece that I've always wanted to do uh, in his New York years. Um, you know, in his New York years, he wore a lot of drab and fatigues, which is kind of my color palette. I don't really like a lot of bright colors, so it worked out really well. And I just finished the one for the LA show, which is um, a, uh, it's titled Sins of Sunset. And what I was trying to uh, capture on that one was just the entire vibe around the Sunset Strip. A little bit of the chaos, the madness, um, especially in the, the my era, like 87, the, uh, 86, 88. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so what I did is I, I, I relied on something that, um, Jim Morrison often referenced was Dionysus, who was, you know, the god of chaos and wine, women, all that type of stuff. And I was like, well, that definitely fits the sunset thing. So I, I focused on a picture of a, a Dionysus, uh, uh, Dionysus, and um, I needed to tie that to that era in rock and roll. So I ended up putting Slash's hat on him and gave a, oh, like a WeHo cool. specific tattoo on him and stuff. So it's kind of incorporating that whole sunset vibe. So I just finished that, and um, I've had a concept that I got on the canvas right now. That when we're finished, I got to get down to the studio um, that I'm working on now. That uh, um, kind of a, a ties in Jack Daniels into the rock and roll world. Um, you know, there's a very close relationship with That's a Jack good tie and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm doing like a Jack Daniels piece, um, and I'm borrowing a little bit off of his biography, which is called Blood and Whiskey. And um, yeah, I'm doing a piece to try and tie in Jack Daniels' role in in rock music, which is pretty prevalent. <laughs> it's yeah, I guess you know, so. it started with Sinatra, and then it went through the Motley Crue days and the GNR days, and um, yeah, that uh, there was a time when I was young when a bottle of JD was as prominent on stage as an amp, right? You would see yeah, Marshall, absolutely. JD, totally. yeah. So are you somebody that yeah, would So you know, yeah. tie in with Lemmy. <laughs> I would say if you ordered a cocktail at a bar, it's Jack and Coke or Jack and Coke, right? Or Jenny. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, did Tim and Tim and JD don't know this, um, but do you know I am a Tennessee Squire? Do you know what a Tennessee Squire is? I no. don't, but I'm interested. So years ago, to pay for the new distillery um, that they were building, Jack Daniels sold small pieces of land on their property. Um, two people to raise money. So you could purchase this and technically you own a piece of land on Jack Daniels property. So it was transferred from my grandfather to my dad, now to me. Um, but you own a piece of land and and technically you can, I mean, I've never made the appointment, but you make an appointment to go there and they have a private room that you sit in. Like they won't let you in, in unless you are a Tennessee squire, like you could be the president of the United States. You're not allowed into this private room to no drink a, a, a glass of Jack Daniels. Yeah, it's really cool. It's when really are we cool. Going? 
You've got to do you that. You can bring a guest. That's the thing. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> I love well, I'll it. tell you what. I I I want to. I'm. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to be in in Toronto at the end of your tour, but God, I would love to see. If you tell me where your LA tour is too, I can talk to some of my friends to see if they can, because I have a, I mean, most of my family and friends are in LA still. Have them go out to see your show, man. Because that well, you know, don't, don't put it past Allison for this to end up in on uh, in Europe as well. So, oh, that's uh, cool, man. She, she has made some some comments. Um, we'll see. Might happen. So, Very that's cool. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Self serving for me, it's also awesome. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know. Yeah. When you were talking about this trip too, um, and this is just kind of nostalgic for me, but you 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 you'd relate. It's like, I mean, I remember back in the day, like you're talking still maybe early two thousands, but definitely up to the late nineties, when this when this strip was really just taking a dive and like everything was just really going downhill. It was not the heyday of the you know, the right. late eighties anymore and even the early nineties, but you could still you could still go into the guitar center there and you could still see somebody like a slash or Dave Navarro walking around looking at fucking guitars. Um, like th that was still Mesa boogie was close by. You could still see that shit. And I, it's not the case anymore, but I mean, it was, it was still somewhere you could go and like, you would see rock stars down there just That's walking down the street. Kind of like people that aren't from LA always think LA's like the sunset strip was like that. You know, to, to a degree it's still it. So I spend, I, I go down there quite a bit, maybe not just guitar center, but um, I've had some crazy nights and crazy run-ins at the rainbow. I spent Christmas That's Eve, cool. um, a wild Christmas Eve with, um, I won't, I won't make, I won't name names, but um, yeah. <laughs> it can still happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I don't want to put anybody on. Um, it, it was, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, it's cool. still, it can still be done. Um, uh, yeah, I've run into a few at the Rainbow. I'm back, you know, they're shutting down the Viper Room. I've run into a few people at the Viper Room too. So um, it's hanging on. It's hanging on. Yeah, I love that. Coconut you... Teeth there used to be a big hit, hit place back in the day too. Like. Yeah. Those those old LA clubs, but yeah, the whiskey's a little heavy now. You know, the whiskey tends to uh, get a little bit um, of the heavier bands, which is a little outside my. I'll still go in there once in a while just to see the stage and you know have a, have a drink and you know just have a nineteen dollar Long Island iced tea. But yeah, just but you know, <laughs> the people that sit on that stage, it's totally it's, oh that's it's history. The, that's, uh, that's so much history. Yeah, yeah. So, I love that you know they're doing, they're, they're kind of bringing back a little bit um some bands um we'll play it every once in a while like you'll you'll run into uh some pretty famous I think like trying to think somebody was just playing it and it lifted my artwork for the poster and, <laughs> yeah I won't put them on blast either but I'm I'm going through and I was like looking and I was like I mean, it was this poster for this concert in this band, and I was looking. And I was like, it took me like two minutes. I was like, "Hey, that's mine." <laughs> so, Jeez. I I got a hold of them, and I'm not really one of those guys that is gonna like make. Like, I'm a mute f uh, fan of music, so I wouldn't want to make them take it down or anything like that. I was yeah, like, yeah. You know, hey, you we're, we're excited to have your uh, your print for our our event coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm uh, it seems like a great event. Um, I just picked it up yesterday, just so you know. Um, so they'll be shipping Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. So, it's so uh, going to be one of the coolest things we, we see. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of cool shit, but it's going to be. Yeah. I hope, I hope it raises some money. Unfortunately, the, the, you know, the original was sold, um, like right off the canvas. Uh, I bet. The, 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 um, the reproductions are, are pretty limited too. So, um, they, they look great. They look great. So Perfect. cool. Yeah. I'm super happy. I was able to do that. And, I mean, we're we're, we're thrilled. Man. We're thrilled and thank and very, very grateful. Yeah. Best hip album in your opinion? Favorite hip album? Your favorite? Your go-to? I know it could change in three Don't months. Choice, man. Um, you know, three months. I ask you, it's something different. It's totally fine proud. for the moment. I will say I tend to lean towards more aggressive music. Um, I'm gonna go fully completely. Nice. I, I like I like the higher tempo stuff, even though, yeah, I'm I'm going fully. Okay. As a matter of no fact, wrong. I was just at no this on fire concert on Friday, and they just did fully completely cover, and it was, it was so good just to hear it live again. I mean, they they, uh, like definitely rocked it up a bit, um, but yeah, just hearing it live on stage was amazing. I'm going, yeah, and also you know. Wheat Kings, Prairie Guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hits home. Totally. Yeah. Well, so well Trav- now I want to know yours. I want to know everybody's. Oh, okay. That's a- I've, I've been trying to figure this out, mostly for our, our finale episode, which we're recording at our, our event. So I, I don't really want to do a big reveal, but because okay. cool. I'm, I'm not quite there. You know, a friend of mine in the UK, he recently got into the listening to the pod and listening to the band and he said, where should I start? And it's like, where do you tell somebody to start? That's never listened to this band. And at the time, I, asked me like question, I, was really, I was really digging now for plan a. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, honestly, I love the evolution of them. I would start from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I because, think you know, I think at it's the beginning, Sinclair did more writing and you could see more of the lyrics you could see the transition, um, and I think that's one thing that's cool about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, big Agreed. time. Yeah, for me, Trouble was the—I don't want to say it's my favorite album because I don't want to give away the the game to like Tim, but it was the moment where I was like, okay, this band's taking—they're taking shit into their own hands. They're taking yeah. matters into their own hands, and they're not. You know, they're not confined to, they don't answer to anybody but themselves, which is awesome. You know, it was totally. And it comes, that comes through too in your, to bring it full circle, blow smoke, but it comes through in your, in your work too, Trevor. Like you're, you know, man, I know you've made the, the quip about scribbles, dude, that like people don't, I don't think people understand what it, what it takes to make good art and you're not and it's not about sitting here preaching to people like you don't know what it takes but but dude it's truly you like <laughs> it's a fucking talent dude man and you got it i'm you sit you seem like a grateful guy you know and that's 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 a plus too because there's a lot of pricks out there who also have talent 
but well, you know, very self-deprecated. <laughs> but 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 it, it's that's oh, good Canadian. for you, man. <laughs> that's good for you, dude, because you yeah. you've got that's you know yeah. awesome you. for you, man. I appreciate Congrats. it. And and I we you know best of luck on this tour. I hope it. I hope it. You know, you knock it out of the park. And I, you know, if you guys do come to Europe, please, please, you know, let me know. Let, let's let's lean on Allison to get that done. Yeah, and if you if you also if you've got if you ever do make it to Spain for any particular reason, please don't hesitate to drop me a line, and I could either tell you some spots to to check out architecture wise too, or you know I or we could go for yeah. a glass of JD. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like I like that better. You can tell me why we have a glass. How's that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll plan your walkabout, man. All right. All right. And, and JD, I hope you can make it and come by. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll do my best. Jealous, awesome. man. Awesome. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. I'm no, gonna thank edit- you guys, man. It's 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 love me. I love meeting like-minded people and keep spreading the word over there, Pete and Tim. Love it. Absolutely. It, the website, please. The website. Uh, stickmanfineart.com. Awesome. You bet. And all the socials will be on there as well. So appreciate you guys. Cool. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.